Hey everybody, stay tuned till the end for some improvised fun with our special guest. Hello and welcome back to On the Island, a podcast about Survivor where we talk to survivors and talk about survivors and sometimes we talk to survivors about Survivor and sometimes we talk to fans of Survivor about Survivor. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to have a returning very special guest. But wow, what an episode. I'm Taylor Gaines. I'm here to control the vote, control the conversation, to make sure we get to everything important from this week's crazy episode. Y'all making me crazy is the name of it. And with me, as always, my co-host and friend, he might be the poop, it's Tyler B. Commons. Ah, I feel like I want to quote Julia this time. But, I mean, you're not War Dog, but just shut up, War Dog. <laughs> It wouldn't make sense if I said, shut up, Taylor. Oh. Yeah, because you would never say that to me. You wouldn't dare. Shut up, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ty, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm excited. It's like it's like a morning recording, and it, but it's not like super early morning. It's like right when I hit my peak of being awake, and it's awesome. So It's a morning recording. I figured out how to make my background blurry, and I feel really cool. <laughs> and... We're going to record the podcast because I, I, I'm i looking at my, my apps and it's recording and it's working. <laughs> so we're going to do it. It's me and you, as always, and we're going to have our friend with us now, returning guest to the podcast. You know her as a great comedian, a great improviser from Off Book, the Improvised Musical Podcast. She's sitting in the corner just crying. It's Jessica McKenna. There's other things in the ocean that lead the minnows to the shark. <laughs> Cool response to the question. That made sense. (laughs) So maybe I'm the wave? (laughs) You're giving everything away. (laughs) You're giving it. You're spilling the beans, Jess. Oh, my God. What a a strange episode. I I don't even know where to start. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be here. Happy to have it be a more human time. Last time we recorded, Jess was sitting in a car in 20 degree weather or something. Yeah, it was like 6 a.m. California time, uh, and I was up in the mountains on a ski trip. At least we're back to continue our three time zone tradition. Yeah. Which is just (laughs) magnificent. But wow, I I guess we should start with like just what you guys think happened in this episode, because... In the briefest summary possible, I feel like what we saw was a split comma group that has been slowly eaten away at due to the fact that they've been turning against themselves every week to where no one trusts anybody. It started with Ron and Eric turning on Joe, and then Julia and Gavin turning on Ron and Eric, and now everyone's all opposed to each other. But it still felt like we went into this tribal council with either David or kelly going home right and yeah due to the events of the tribal council which involved a lot of quote-unquote live tribal action as jeff likes to say it wound up being julia going home almost unanimously and we can try to sort through the madness over the course of this episode but like my god what did you guys make of that yeah it was wild (laughs) i mean i think For me, I love seeing comma get broken up because I don't want a repeat of two seasons ago 
where what was it navidi strong or whatever mm-hmm. yeah that sounds right where which led to like a very boring season in my opinion uh i i think my first episode on this podcast was just me exclusively throwing shade at how much I hated that season. <laughs> so boring. No one making moves. Just like Wendell being a great Wendell and Dom being great players and no one else like even showing up. So Wendell Holland, former up, guest of the podcast. I mean, yeah, super great. I mean, like they deserved to be final two. It was just like crazy that no one made their path tricky. Um, so personally, I was like, yeah, get this comma broken up. Um, I understand like why from the inside you'd be like, Oh, well let's hold the numbers. But it, that's just like, it's such short game stuff where then like, okay, it's just going to be more complicated to break yourselves apart. And Ron, you should know that you would be number one. As soon as it's down to comma, they're going to be like, well, let's turn on the strongest among us. So it's just like, I don't understand why people, I know it's like safety and scary. And there still are a lot of people in the game. So I love that comma last week broke. Um, more internally, not just like, hey, yeah, let's vote off Joe, which didn't feel as much of a betrayal because he's a returner. Everyone's always gunning for Joe. They still had tons of numbers. So that didn't really even feel like a crack to me. Last week was like the first blow up, which I was like, okay, good, good. Let's go. Let's go. And then it seemed like they were having like buyer's remorse, maybe, <laughs> and, or and wanted to like have a couple more safe comma votes before they made another move. That's what I was thinking from like Gavin's point of view. Um, so, and then it just seemed like (laughs) Julia got voted out for suggesting a plan that Devin's jumped on. And then the, (laughs) and, uh, I think people, because of like thinking towards the final tribal, everyone wants to like point to this fact of like being on the right side of the vote. So I felt like that's why that got close to unanimous is people are like, okay, I want to be able to say, hey, I was almost never on the wrong side of the vote or I was never on the wrong side of the vote, which makes Aurora just so clearly an outsider. (laughs) She just is not clued in. She is neither shark nor minnow nor poop. (laughs) Nor passenger, nor pilot. I I really So many great analogies. (laughs) So many descriptive words. I I think what I really liked about this episode is the um, bond of David and Devin's their little love affair. They just had a short breakup. You know, they needed a break to really assess their relationship. And then they came back together and they shared their little baby idol child, as they like to call it. They had split custody and then they got together. <laughs> and And I really liked seeing those two um, back together because it's fun. And Devin's just becoming like a polarizing character in my mind. Like you either love that he's making moves and like being crazy excited or you just hate how he's like blowing everything up and i don't know i've enjoyed watching him change especially the last two episodes same i i was getting real nick vibes from him where i feel like nick had a couple moments last season where he really let his emotions get the best of him and then he was able to sort of rein it back in and and can and like move forward a little bit more rationally, a little more strategically, and then ultimately win. So last week or two weeks ago, when Devin's was like, "Absolutely not, I'll never work with Kelly," and and David was like, "Oh my gosh, bud, like you got to be able to like take us back to like take a breath." I think you're right. I'm glad that that didn't permanently fracture that duo because I'm like, yeah, like I want to watch them keep cranking. They're so fun together. Yeah, we mm. talked last week about how, like, dude, you got to at least pretend like you'll work with anybody. Like, yes. you shouldn't just be shutting everything down. <laughs> and I guess, 
based off of how quickly Kama turned against itself, he realized David was somewhat right, and he was like, all right, let's get back together. And they got moving on whatever they were doing. And it is kind of going to be overlooked, I think, that they needlessly played their baby idol together, and David ended up not being in any real danger of getting voted out. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely exciting to see them back together. The interesting thing to me, based off what you're talking about, Jess, like with the wanting to see the commas break apart is we talked a little bit about this last week, but they were never battle tested in tribal at all. Like these other groups were, especially the Lesu three that are now really tight yeah. and war dog. If you follow him on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> the, he always tweets out eighth week in war dog, still no votes cast for him and then he makes a point of saying kelly lauren and war dog have voted together all eight times and the thing that scares me about that as far as like power goes is it feels like that three is so strong because they've been through so much together that they're gonna stand together through all of this mess that's currently going on like chaos is the best way to describe what happened at tribal and like those three all of a sudden are very powerful because they're together. And it's kind of the same seeing Rick and Devons, uh, Rick and Devons, <laughs> Rick and Devons and David get back together. So, yeah, I feel like we, we're setting up this world where the small groups are more powerful just because they are united. I like these little pods. I, want, um, I wonder what will remain of like young comma. The, now that Julia's gone, like I felt like Julia and Gavin were were starting to like gain momentum as a power duo, um, ex- like executing that Eric move together. It felt like and being the first people to kind of think, okay, no, we we can't keep going comma strong. So I like Gavin. I don't want to see him like now. I feel like his name could easily come up next because I feel like he is very much in line with Julia. So I hope he finds somewhere to land like like endearing himself to Devons and David or something uh and then you have two trio voting blocks that vote separately uh but say as a six and get the rest of those comma off I don't know I kind of I'm also waiting to see if Victoria has like a late in the game push I feel like that's definitely possible I feel like she that that early Aubrey stuff was an indicator that she has like a good head for the game so and based on about being on the right side of the votes I think she's been on the right side of every vote yeah, and I feel like she, uh, based on like last season where we know they were like given the challenge to make the edits a little more like secretive, I want to like remember that we still, there's still plenty of time in the game for like a big character to kind of rise. And, but yeah, and then who's coming back from Extinction? And how many? <laughs> oh my gosh, what a season. So much. Yeah, the the thing about, Julia and Gavin, and I feel like maybe we should go back to the beginning of the episode to set up what happens later, is that they blindsided a lot of people and didn't seem to do very good damage control mm-hmm. because their primary motivation seemed to just be, I joked about this by naming our podcast last week, hashtag big moves with a Z or whatever, because... It felt like they just wanted to so badly have something on their resume that they didn't 
really work the edges of the strategy in that situation because mainly Julie and Ron were just distraught and betrayed and felt like I think Ron might have come back but he was close enough with Julie that like when she went off I think he was just gone too and you know Ron was obviously like moping about in a in an epic way of just like oh, so I don't really care what happens just uh, just don't make me go home that's all I care <laughs> and Julie was as she put it just kind of like losing it and broke down during tribal council and it, it just felt to me like and and this is worth pointing out that this episode apparently happened in over the course of 24 hours they did immunity and tribal the day after they had done tribal before in last week's episode so things were a little compressed for them but it felt to me like if they had done better damage control of their commas then things might have worked out better for them Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot to be said about making a move but also being sure that you don't burn those people like aurora who obviously we're gonna talk about a little bit had no idea still what was going on. Like, she's not brought in any loops, but yet you're still counting on her in some way to vote with you. I mean, it didn't end up that way this week, but, like, if you think someone's with your number, you have to at least make them feel listened to or make them feel like they're still a part of whatever you have trying to go on. And I don't think that Gavin and Julia had done that well. I don't think that Ron and Eric had been doing that well either before them. So it's like... Everybody's so splintered and fractured and you don't no one has a bigger alliance than like two other people. It's like uh you were saying the pods of three and then the group of two and like who's gonna kinda mesh for this vote and see what happens next week. But no one's like being able to work the entire room like we saw um Ron and Eric get caught doing last week just saying oh let's make it to the family visit and everyone's like no you can't say seven strong because you have to think past seven so it's it's a bunch of really weird gameplay where everybody wants to make a big move and have something on their resume but they're also ignoring the fact that like to make that big move you're gonna blindside people right I though feel like we could get a shake shake out of at least the next like few weeks of the season that feels very Gen X versus millennials where we just have like very erratic voting blocks as, as coined by that season where I feel like that may be what happens now. I mean, there's a lot of people who still need to figure out now. I think there were too many people who thought, okay, I'll ride with comma and then I'll start figuring stuff out. And I'm all for moving that moment of realization up earlier in the season. So people have to like scramble and then, you know, make their next, make their next move. I mean, I'm wondering, we got to be due for someone coming back from extinction. I, th- I think my understanding is only two people are going to come back from extinction the entire season. So I think when it happens again, that's going to be it. Yeah. And I think we're at, we are now at 10 people that are not on edge of extinction. I can't even say 10 people left because of the weird edge of extinction thing, but it sounds to me based off of interviews and, preseason stuff that we'll have one person come back and then extinction's going to be dead. So I don't know if they're going to try to hold that off as long as possible or when it's going to happen, but, um, uh, maybe like seven people or something, but 
You don't want it to be too late, right? You don't want it to no. be like, well, yeah, and then guess I'm in the final like, three. Yeah, like I, Reem sat on that beach for a really long time and the challenge was <laughs> moving everyone's clothes into the sun. And so she won and now... Well, if the really challenge was to go and get rice every day, though, she might not win. Yeah. It's a real hassle for her. Uh, I was thinking about it because we've talked about this extinction kind of setup and how it's built for someone like Joe to go and not have to worry about challenges and then, you know, win one challenge to get in. And then he spent all this time with these, you know, jury members. I was thinking that a solution would be don't let those people be jury members, make them think they're jury members the whole time. But then when they get, when someone gets back in the game, you can't have half the jury consisting of people that hung out with one person. Right. And I I was just thinking about that, like this week, because I am so worried that someone like Joe or like Chris or Eric, you know, one of the strong guys is going to win the next challenge to get back in. And then they're going to have been with people for 14, 15 days doing nothing except like hanging out. So why would you not vote for them? Yeah, I feel like they're all there because they could be potential jury, you Mm -hmm. know, like so they have to be able to see. But I feel like once extinction is extinct, they uh, will (laughs) they will like send everyone else home who didn't make it back or whatever, whatever the number moment that we'll be at. And but then what are you left with, like a five-person jury? Like, Well, yeah, I guess that means that like that this next person needs to come back in kind of soon, right? Yeah, yeah. it does seem, though, that like whoever is on the jury now probably will be, right? I guess the question is, once they let the last person in, will they just let all these people move to Ponderosa? Or do they have to keep living on the... <laughs> you have God, to make I it all the way... So. <laughs> we got to get some of that Ponderosa bonus content. Yeah, there's been the, the I've complained about this as just as from a podcasting perspective before, but there's no content for us to talk about after these episodes because we don't get to read post game interviews. Yeah. We don't get to see videos, like everyone's just just sitting there. I guess <laughs> let's talk briefly about Edge this week because we went there for a little while. I don't know if anything interesting happened. It was mostly Eric looking off into the distance and saying, "I'm here. It's hard. It's boring." trying to talk himself into quitting and then Joe and Aubrey sort of talking him out of quitting. And then Chris caught a stingray and he took it as a sign from God and decided to keep going. (laughs) I I just like, I don't understand why people are so relaxed there. I guess it's just boring. But like, if I was them, I'd be like, yeah, quit, bro. Quit. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I would prefer bodies because I feel like it's already so like lonely and desolate. Maybe that's what and like just having more people to try to fish or more people to like have body heat at night. Like they, I, we're not like, I, I feel like they're just so they are also a little bit bonded by that, by the like, uh, intensity of that experience. So I don't know, like freaking Reem, what is her life? <laughs> I mean, at this point, I think Eric said this during the episode, but she's just too committed now. She can't quit. Yeah. I guess maybe early on I would have been like, trying to get into people's heads but i think at this second juncture i see why people are maybe just so broken or like want the camaraderie because it'll keep them in the game like if i was at extinction by myself that flag's looking a lot better than if i'm there with like six buds well we haven't talked weirdos to (laughs) explain your life we haven't talked to you about this obviously what have you made of that aspect of the season's theme is it working for you it is working for me i think it maybe. 
that is like with the caveat that I want to see how it completely resolves to be like, okay, that was really worth it. That was cool. Um, but I mean, to give someone like Devin's such a good story, uh, I think it's like pretty compelling. Uh, I like that there's not like the total heartbreak if one of your faves gets eliminated that you can kind of be like, Ooh, maybe they'll get back in. Um, and you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm into seeing a new, it's definitely better than ghosts. I like ghost Island or whatever. <laughs> That's so, so freaking stupid. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty into it. It's funny to like really juxtapose now, like when survivor first came out, it was so, it's so, unique it was like this monolith of tv then nothing was really like it now we have so much other content that actually focuses on the real survival components you know they are hungry and tired but like they're given rice and they're given like some materials and they're given like pizza every you know if they win a puzzle uh so they're not like it's not like naked and afraid or it's not like survivor it's you know there's so much other reality tv that actually focuses on the survival components it's a little nice to strip back and make show like a slightly simple version. I know they still get rice too, but just like they're really, there's nothing else for them to do. I like it. Good. What do you guys think about it? I'm a, I'm definitely okay with it. I don't love it. I feel, I do feel like it's tough when you see someone go home, but they're not really going home and you're like, well, what, what does it mean to vote somebody out? But I do love because, you know, this week my winner pick went home. I love that she now has an opportunity to come back and like, because in the beginning of this episode, which is weird because we talked a lot about the Julia edit early on in this season or lack thereof. In the beginning of this episode, everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's so good at this game. Like, she strategically knows everything that's going on. She's always top four in challenges or always competing. But we didn't get to see really any of her this season. And I don't know. I mean, it doesn't bode well for her chances of coming back when the opportunity happens, but I'm excited that my winner pick still could potentially be in the game at the end. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the thing I like about it is that a lot of times the people that get voted out in the first half of the year will be having these debates of like, should that person come back? I wish we knew that person more. And I feel like we definitely get to know everyone. Like we got to know Keith enough where it was like, yeah, he would have been a bad survivor player probably no matter what. (laughs) And now we know that. So like we don't have to feel as bad about him getting voted out second. And I like the drama of it. And I love the way that they film it as if it's like castaway or something. Yeah. But yeah, like Ty said, the difficulty for me has been the lessened impact of blindsides where it kind of, especially now that they know it exists, it feels almost like, you got me, but I'll be back. And yeah. it's, it's, I don't think I have a huge problem with it. It just feels like it's a slightly different show than it usually is. I also, the fact that you get back in with like a challenge at least, like, that's how you got back in the first time. And uh, we assume that's how you get back in the second time because Aubrey has the practice um, advantage. Mm-hmm. That feels kind of anti, like, okay. But, it, like, to me, I think it would be almost cooler if you had to, like, convince the remaining players you were the right person to vote back. Or, like, you had to get your extinction people. They can't vote for themselves, but they have to vote for someone. You know, like, some That'd sort of wild. more, <laughs> like... Uh, 
like mental gameplay that they, because right now when they're at extinction, they're not, they can't do anything, you know, but if like, if it was like something, I don't know, if it involved winning people over somehow or, or building alliances that way, I feel like it would, it would make what's happening on that beach more exciting, but also maybe we don't have time to like show like parallel universe survivor. <laughs> Parallel Universe Survivor. That sounds like a good show. <laughs> but that's also the thing. If one of them comes back with the format of Final Tribal, do they have an advantage of that? Because if it's, I mean, Outwit, obviously not because they got voted out, but like Outplay and Outlast, they definitely outlasted everybody because they sat on like a maroon desert island doing nothing. So they outlasted everybody in that sense. Maybe not in the game. I don't know. It's hard to... It's hard to judge and it's hard to figure out what the argument the person who comes back in is going to have. I think Devin's left early enough and came back early enough that it was almost as if he was never gone. So it feels okay for him, but whoever's next. The funny thing about him too is when he got voted out, I remember that tribal being very like, ah, uh, it's too bad we have to vote one of our own out. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of a coincidence that he happens to be the one person who no one they kind of voted out just because they had to. It, it, it didn't feel like the other votes or it was like a big strategic move. It was just kind of like, well, we got to vote somebody out. And it happened to be him. Yeah, Rick looked... I thought Rick... <laughs> Rick looks like he's just slowly uh, disintegrating. More, <laughs> more so than anyone else for some reason to me. He just looks like his skin is falling off his face. <laughs> but, yeah, let's... Yeah, okay. I think... They have to bring that person back in soon. Otherwise, like, they're just a sitting down. Like, they're not going to have any kind of game to point to. So I hope it happens soon. Anyway, you're about to move on. Well, well, that's a good concluding thought. I was just going to say, as to this week's episode, there's basically, we've talked a little bit about the tribal already, but there's only two things to talk about in my mind, which is that, which we'll come back to, and what might have been my favorite moment of the season, which was, like, embracing what camp life must actually be like in that sequence where there was just silence and everyone was sitting there. Victoria was just scraping the rice out of the bowl. (laughs) People were avoiding eye contact with certain people. And I just found that so dramatic. And like you, you mentioned a minute ago, Jess, that like there's so many things on TV now and so many similar things. And one of the, themes oftentimes of modern entertainment is just like you need to be constantly entertained and i loved that they were like here's three minutes of silence (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was great it was it was like uh and i liked i liked seeing it through like kelly's lens that we got to see like how that was what kind of made her figure out uh oh like her spidey senses her spidey senses something's cooking so that was good but yeah i feel like um, I, I've talked to some people who've played and they're like, there's so much time where you're just, nothing's happening, which is like also funny if you juxtapose that with the tribal where they're like, you were gone. And she's like, yeah, but Julie, Julie's like, you could have talked to me. Or they were saying like, yeah, Kama was supposed to come back to us and they just let the clock run out where you're like, yeah, there was definitely time. It's not like, uh Oh, Oh, we only had 15 minutes and I had to talk to like, I'm sorry. You know, it immediately pokes holes in people trying to act like, oh, we ran out of time to talk through it all. And there was also a moment there where I felt like we got a 
bit of a teaser for what was going to happen to Julia later, where she kind of did an awkward, like, smile, thumbs up thing yeah. to Kelly. And Kelly was like, did you see that? What? What? <laughs> she was like, what did she tell me? I don't I, I don't even know that I have a plan with her. And now she's trying to confirm it. Lauren, did you see that? She thumbs up me. Like, so funny that that would become so intense. Like, she looked at me, gave me a thumbs up and smiled. And that's how I knew I was going home. <laughs> like, all right. I guess that's true. Yeah, I loved how she, like, kind of, I think War Dog was sitting next to her, too, and he was like, what, what? And she was like, oh, nothing, nothing. She's like, I yeah. don't want to draw attention to myself. I just I just yeah. noticed something. It was just a really awesome moment and very foreboding for <laughs> how Julia's facial expressions and reactions eventually s- made her game disintegrate. That was sad. It's kind of a poker face. Yeah. Ty, your winner pick, Julia, I mean, we... I guess let me try to do a quick recap of what happened. <laughs> so they walk in. Julie and Ron look like their dog died. David talks about shark eating minnows while he poops and who's the minnow and who's the poop and who knows. And that messy analogy led to a very messy <laughs> discussion where Julia started, in my opinion, just becoming like a little too capital S sneaky and kind of looking at Kelly and being like, we're good. And Kelly being like, huh? We're, we're good? Kind of the same thing that happened at camp. And then Devin's noticed and things started happening. Julie was falling apart, saying that she just was sad and felt like she couldn't trust anyone. Aurora talked about the other things in the sea. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Devin's is like, hey, Julia, that's a great idea you just said about what if all of us minority groups teamed up to take you guys out? And she was like, uh-oh. And then Aurora just made it worse. <laughs> and then Julia essentially just started lighting her game on fire after that instead of like recovering. She said, oh, Rick, you're just not a part of the many plans, which tells everyone who thought they were working with Julia that like, oh, wait, there are many plans? I thought there was like a plan that we had. And then she... <laughs> kind of did the last resort argument thing where you know you have no good points so you're just like throwing out insults you're just like oh rick you're such a passenger and <laughs> and it just it just really fell apart after that she even told war dog to shut up at one point <laughs> it just it was hard to watch herself immolate and i guess they decided as a group like she's trying to play too many of us so let's just take her out what did you make of all that ty your winner pick yeah, winner, preseason winner pick. Uh, she did. She definitely fell apart in Tribal because we as the viewers get to see all the different discussions that these people have, and they don't. Like, they know discussions happening, but they don't know exactly what's being discussed. So if you go to Tribal, you have to make the primary plan you're going to stick with feel safe like that's the primary plan that's how either you a just gain trust or b pull off a big blindside and she was talking to way too many people i don't know why she kept talking to kelly because like we didn't get to see a conversation between them so why would she smile and be like yeah we're good and kelly's like wait okay wait i can't tell anyone about this what does that mean? I don't know what that means. And I think at one point, even in tribal, she like called Julia out. She's like, I don't know why she keeps looking at me and saying we're good. And it's, she didn't handle it well. And when things blew up in her face, that that's where 
I think her biggest downfall was is she didn't adapt well, like in the moment. And she really struggled to kind of pull things back in. And, you know, you talked about, well, maybe you're not part of the many plans. Don't ever talk about many plans that you have. You have a plan. And if you say, I have a plan, all the many plans you have think you're talking about their plan. Like it doesn't make sense to just admit, (laughs) oh, I've talked to like 15 people today. I might go any Wait, direction. Wait, but Julia, there are only 11 people here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it just it didn't make sense for her to just implode like that and completely throw herself under the bus and drag her name through the mud and just have everybody be like, oh, well, she's not trustworthy. I guess we're all voting for her now. Yeah, I feel like... I feel like when they shot, when they like laid out Aurora, that was more like a test balloon because she wasn't like a big player. So it was like, okay, you guys want to like see if this works? Let's go with Aurora, a very low stakes vote. And then when who first? Because I feel like it's the moment where War Dog goes, "Do you want to do that name? Do you want to do that name? I'll do it right now. Let's do that name." That's the moment where I feel like it turned. It must that must be in response to Julia of someone being like, "Okay, let's one up and actually." Do you guys remember who it was? Was it like Julie or Ron or? I believe it was, I don't remember the name, but I remember Julie and Ron were, this is, I watched this twice because it was such a mess (laughs) and I'm still sort of sorting through it, but Julie and Ron were saying like, we just feel left out. Rick had Mm -hmm. thrown out this plan. War Dog was like, he he turned to them and said, look, how about Aurora? Do you want to do Aurora or whatever? But then like, like you said, he did the smart thing of being like, look, I'll do whoever you guys want. Let's do whatever you guys want. Because he could tell Julie was feeling very vulnerable and just needed someone to trust. And right. he was one of the people who really capitalized. Like, you talk about him and Devin's, and I, none of this would have happened, I think, if Julie didn't express herself the way she did. So, like, there was this cavalcade of events that built to this crazy twisting and turning throughout it all. And I props to Jeff, by the way, for, like, sitting back. And like letting this happen, like I I don't know if it's his instinct, but it might be many people's instinct to like try to keep asking questions or control it or like narrate or something. And he was just kind of like, "Y'all got this," <laughs> and it was yeah, it, that, it was great. That was crazy. I feel like uh, whoever I don't remember exactly yet. I I only watched it once, so I'd have to like go back through. But it felt like okay, let's all test this plan with Aurora, and then that moment where it flips to, to Julia is like felt so quick and felt so like impulsive. And the fact that Aurora didn't even ever want to like, <laughs> she didn't even like get out of her seat. It was just, I have no idea what she thought. She just stood up at one point and was like, I can't deal with soccer moms. And that, and that was yeah. it. It's like, girl, you are gonna go home. You're not like playing at all. And also like, that soccer mom is making like a giant explosion happen. That's like exciting and cool. Your instinct shouldn't be to like sit back and pull back from that. Uh, that was so wild to me that she there would were just like so hang many, tight. There were so many underrated moments in this too, because like you talk about her and Julie running across and jumping on David's lap at one point. I'm jumping like, ship. I'm like, jumping ship. <laughs> Ron's faces are just built for tribal council. Everything he does. And like my other favorite moment was uh, David putting his hand on Kelly's shoulder and going, oh, hi, <laughs> remember me? <laughs> and like, they're they're kind of like 
you know, they, as being returners, I feel like there's a different armor that they have for, for you know, I'm, I'm sure stuff still gets to them, but like they don't take it as personally. And it was, um, it was like just kind of sweet to see. Like, well, and the other part was she eventually, once things had really gone totally off the wall, she told him, yeah, it was going to be you. Yeah. And I, know. And I was like, I know, whoa. I, I know. I loved it. <laughs> Because it was just like, I feel like they, she had enough wherewithal. Also, they both had idols. So they knew like, okay, if this really gets two bananas to understand what's happening, I'm, I'm actually safe. So let's like suck out the poison. Let's just like, let's just like talk. I loved, I loved them. Like, and also Devin's being like, yeah, Julia, I am trying to play more active. Like if you were on the bottom. I always love when people do that, where people, it's my favorite, like, re- reoccurring retort that people always have in tribal, where they're like, yeah, well, they're just scrambling because they're on the bottom, and then the person on the bottom's like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you try to stay in. Uh, that was, like, uh, an elevated version of that between Julia and Devons. So I think we'll try to close the episode by, like, doing our power rankings and sorting out who we thought emerged from this. Oh, boy. But But before we get to that, I just kind of want to ask more of a big picture question, which is like, now that Survivor, like, you talked about the way it's evolved over the years. I feel like it's so crazy now. Like, everyone knows they need to have moves on their resume. They need to do this. Like, they, you can't do that. <laughs> you don't want to be on the bottom. You got to do this. And I, I wonder how you play a complete Survivor game now. Like, if it's even possible. Or if you're just kind of floating under the radar as long as you can and then make a couple moves and all of a sudden you're the person winning like how do you put together a complete survivor package now i think weirdly is you have to be a part of the big moves but you don't necessarily have to be the one making the big moves and i talked a lot and i keep saying it kelly's not my favorite player but i feel like she especially in this episode, showed us that she is playing well and that she can have conversations with people and be on the right side of things and like call out Julia when Julia is imploding. And now her war dog and Lauren look like they're back in the majority when they were scrambling the last two weeks. So for like those three, while they don't have a giant resume shifting move they have people that will vote for them they will vote for each other when you get to final tribal like the other two are going to give the third person their vote and they're in the majority right now so they're you know poised to last a few more weeks unless everybody jumps ship again which is seeming very likely for this group of people but like i think they're playing i don't even know if it's fair to call it jumping ship at this point (laughs) complete game yeah uh changing camps moving tribes i don't know what it is but uh, they're just they're just all doing whatever they want it's just it's just, more like a what do you call it when you're just where it lands spin the i'm thinking of duck duck goose but that's not what i mean <laughs> whatever <laughs> <laughs> we went opposite directions with that <laughs> <laughs> oh was your point done sorry or did i yeah you? i don't remember you might have distracted me it might have been done who knows <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, how we end every podcast yeah. I might have got distracted or it might have just ended. I don't know. Hard, hard to say. Uh, I think the fact that Kelly and David are still in is like mad props to them. I feel like there was such a clear... To only have four returners is such a, a low number that like... It How was do you very, not just take them out? Yeah, exactly. Like, so Kelly and David, I'm, I'm 
I've always liked them, um, uh, especially David. And so I, I feel like, oh man, this is just so impressive that they've they've somehow maneuvered enough to not have like massive targets. Now that doesn't mean I think they'll make it to the finals unless they can be like um, challenge beasts. But like, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you just have to be malleable. You have to like know when you have to stick your neck out and and know when you need to pull back and know when you need to like prep a blind. I, I understand there's a tough balance between you can't let so many people in on a blind side that it blows it up, but you have to you have to like lay enough pa- like breadcrumbs that you can get back and you can bring people back in and be and uh, you have to like understand that you're gonna have to do a two hour walk on the beach with Julie to be like you were too close. We needed like to take one of the alphas out early um, so that we can convince these people to vote. I'm sorry. If, you know, you got to like put in that time to, to reestablish that relationship. That's ultimately the biggest problem they had, right? Is like the idea behind making a big move like they did last week is that you'll put yourself in a powerful position going forward. But they didn't really. <laughs> like yeah. all they did was blow everything up and they they have a move on their resume but like they for what <laughs> yeah for what like they didn't get the job i guess to continue that analogy i don't know it like yeah. it just didn't work out i guess the other question i have because of how disastrous comma has been since the merge as far as keeping everything together is do you guys think throwing challenges pre-merge might be something you should just do so you can establish trust with people cuz like I was saying before, I feel like everybody who went to tribal a lot is so solid, and this group is just a mess. It's it's hard to argue that because, like Jess was saying earlier, Navidi Strong was like a boring season, but it worked for them. You know, like they just stayed strong and they stayed the course and they voted out. I don't even remember the name of the other tribe. They got Malolo. Was that the Malolo? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I mean, don't like, get me wrong. This is better TV, definitely. It just is questionable strategy. But it's like, what's your, what's your goal? Is it to win or is it to like stick around? And I feel like that, that false flag of making it to the, the loved ones visit is like such a good, uh, that was such a good, like, nah, they're playing you. Like that's, you're getting like, you're getting sucked into the comic cult. Like that's the wrong goal. (laughs) Like You're always so into false flags and cults. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to win. Like you you, you got to play to win a little bit. You can't play just to be like, "Well, it'd be pretty cool to be top 7." Like that's you know, like, I love it. it. I get more Instagram followers and I could sell like tummy tea. But, you can just make it to uh, the survivor auction, really. That's yeah, all we want. Exactly. I mean, maybe that is someone's goal, but bring it back. We need it back. All right. Yeah. So hopefully we've made sense of it. If not, maybe we can finish up here with the power rankings we'll rank our top three people from the episode and try to uh figure out where people stand going forward so ty we decided we go three two one is that right we go three two one (laughs) i forget every week so i'll start with number three why i don't know why i just offered to start because this made me sound like an idiot but i just wanted to give you guys time in case you're not ready because i have mine written down my number three i'm actually gonna say julie and the reason is because I don't think any of this happens without her. I think she might have lost control emotionally a little bit, but she also was very aware of where she stood, and she used her leverage as 
someone being on the bottom to help make a move that I think puts her in a place where she's not really on the bottom now because things are so shook up that no, there doesn't seem to be any real hierarchy to anything. So I, I'll give her a number three for that. I like it. I'm going to go Kelly, number three. I think spidey senses, reading people, knowing when to be honest with David um, was uh, was like showed that she showed her chops and I think um, helped make this move happen. Yeah, and my number three, I'm going to have to say that it's Gavin because his entire plan has blown up multiple times but yet he still finds himself on the right side of the vote and he seems like he's navigating it well and um i'm not just picking him because he's the uh, only remaining player in my top three from the preseason but uh i just i like what he's doing right now yeah i got some gavin love i just feel like you did like the needless to say i'm gonna say something anyway <laughs> <laughs> but however but <laughs> <laughs> not to shoot myself in the foot, but you know, I'm tied to picking Gavin. I was pretty torn between number two and number one for making this all happen, but I think my number two is gonna be Devin's. And I I won't explain, I guess, why I made him two rather than one. I'll explain that in a second, but he obviously drove a lot of this and he threw this idea out after Julia gave it to him. I guess I should give Julia a spot in the power rankings for helping herself get voted out. But Devin's is going to be someone to reckon with now that it seems like he's gotten past his emotional hangups of like previous weeks where he was just, oh, I'm not going to vote with them. They, they don't like me. And he came together with his old Lesu friends to do this one vote. So who I feel like he has a lot of options open and we've talked a lot in this episode about blocks and stuff. And this is a teaser for my number one, but his bond with David is one of the two most powerful groupings out there, and I think it's really dangerous. Well, I feel like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like I assume the inverse. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go David in the two spot. Um, I feel like he he is uh, definitely navigating a lot of this move. I think he's he can be held responsible for like uh, mollifying Devin's a little bit and like being the the voice in his head that like plays to his better interests. Um, and I just love him. So <laughs> you're just picking returners for your top three. <laughs> yeah. For me, I think that number two, and again, a lot of my ranking is coming just from tribal, uh, is war dog. Cause the way that he kind of just sat up in that corner and people came to him and he was in the center of the discussion. He talked to Ron, he talked to Gavin, he talked to Julie, like, he had a big part in that, and I'm not saying he completely opened up the discussion, and I, you know that person's going to be my number one, but the way that he kind of kept the discussion going forward and flipping the table kind of in his favor was done really well. So, like, he's not been our top three for a while, but just seeing his tribal performance, I thought, was much stronger than he would get credit for. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. actually my number one for this week. I talked before about how Julie felt like the real fulcrum of all of this. And he was the one, like we talked about, who like leaned over her and was like, I'm with you. Let's do this. And like you said, I felt like he was in the middle of a lot of really important conversations. And 
him and Lauren and Kelly are such a strong group that I, I mean, maybe I'm picking the, the wrong person overall, but just the right person for this week as far as those three go. But it feels to me like one of them is going to be in the final three just because of the way this story has been structured where like they were falling apart together at the beginning and now they're so tight. And I have said this a bunch of times, but I value the strength of their bond over all this nightmare mess, messy stuff that's going on around them. And I'm, I'm optimistic about where they will go from here. So he's my number one. Good job. Good job. The war dog. Sorry. I forgot. I forgot the, the, <laughs> yeah, I feel that I maybe should have had him up there. Um, but I'm oh, I made, I made that good of an argument. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm regretting that he's not in my three because I do think he is that, especially that moment where he's like, tell me the name, tell me the name. You know, he just like, he knows that it's just the move that matters, not the person. And that, uh, that he needs to like, be um, just flexible and receive that. But, you know, guys, I can't undo a power ranking on a podcast. It's written in stone. <laughs> so I'm going to keep uh, my, my top spot for Devin's because, like, I got to give it up for the guy um, being that brazen to make such a huge move in a tribal when he doesn't totally have that much backing. I guess he always he could whisper hey, it flipped and we need to use our baby idol for me. Um, I guess maybe that was giving him a little bit of, and maybe that was even something they discussed that we didn't see. Um, so maybe that made him a little bolder to do that, which again, that gives credence to War Dog. He has nothing, but um, yeah. yeah, it was great. I love them. I love the people in this game. They're, it was a well-cast season. Um, I'm I'm on the same boat. I think Devins was number one, uh, not only because he did blow things up in tribal with his, you know, conversations with Julia and like starting the basically everybody figuring out what the vote is at tribal. Like that was awesome to see. But the fact that he reconciled with David and like not just blew something up, but also grew as a player to be like, okay, well maybe I can't take things so personally. Maybe I need to be in here to play like to win the game differently than what I've been doing. And I think that that is like, a great sign to see that he's moved from being like the new, like emotional guy to someone who's in it to win it. Like no matter what the cost is, even if that goes against like what he felt in the past. And I'm really excited to see that from him. I like that he made that move. And then, like we said, he had a great tribal council in shaking things up and making things happen. So for that, Devin's is my numero uno. So there you have it. I've said this before, (laughs) but our power rankings when we have a guest on i just give my points away to the guest so uh as it plays three points for our first place two for second one for third so stay tuned to the socials and whatnot to find out how our power rankings uh stack up Uh, if you remember lauren ron and, and joe were leading the way for the first several episodes so obviously things will start to shake up here as i rework our calculations but yeah i mean i think we i think we made sense of it all i think we're we're the best at this so (laughs) that that should that should be about it anything else you guys want to touch on from this 25 minute tribal council i think i think go ahead oh i was gonna say i do think one of the beautiful things about this season so far is 
we didn't get to really know who anyone was early on because it was like, oh, we got these four returners. Let's talk about them the entire time. And now we're getting to see these people play and like it's exciting because they still want to make moves and they want to like write their own survivor story or whatever, as corny as that sounds. And it's been really fun the last few weeks and I hope it continues to be that. I hope there are wild tribals and wild votes and like funny things happening at camp. And it's, it's a good group. And I feel like the season's only getting better and better. Strong agree. (laughs) (laughs) Big facts. Good. Yeah. Loved it. Agree. (laughs) So there you have it. Survivor week eight here on the Island. I kind of doubt people will discover your podcast through listening to ours, but I guess tell people about it. <laughs> yeah, off of the Improvised Musical Podcast. My partner, Zach, and I with uh, an accompanist, Scott Passarella, we make up a musical with a guest and uh, our producers on the drums. And sometimes our engineer plays guitar, really forming out a family band. Um, Fred on yeah. the fret, right? <laughs> yeah, Fred on the fret. Fred's on the fret. Fred on the fret. Yeah, the... Uh... Theme song to our podcast. I guess I mentioned this the one time a season that Jess comes on. Created by Scott Passarella. You can actually go back and listen to the episode where he came on and the moment where he made it up. And it's great because he knows nothing about Survivor, in case you can't tell from listening to the the theme song. I believe the lyrics <laughs> go something like, if you want to be a Survivor, you got to be here on the island or something <laughs> like that. And he just kind of repeats that for a while. It's great. Love Scott. But thanks for coming on, as always. Of course. Yeah, thanks for having me. Across the country as we record. Ty, any last words? It's not a basketball podcast, but my favorite player played his last game last night. Dwayne Wade, sorry you're gone. That's it. Not a basketball podcast. (laughs) Not a basketball podcast, but I will miss Dwayne Wade. (laughs) All right, everybody. Me and Ty have to go figure out who gets custody of our kid. Thanks for listening. We will be back for more Edge of Extinction next week. For now... Goodbye and good good night. <laughs> I don't know what I was building to. Bye. <laughs> Good at making these things I can sing our intro theme song if you want. <laughs> then you mean like you want to do a theme song for Survivor, except a parallel universe? The parallel one, so it'll sound bad. Yeah, do it. Oh gosh, Ooh, I'm not a singer, Jess. So please <laughs> forgive me. Oh wait, how am I going to change the words? The, the, the O-A-O-A-O words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one. No, I was talking about the one that Scott wrote. <laughs> oh, our theme song. Yeah, it'll be parallel. All right, go. No, I'll do the, the regular one. Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Will you come get water with me? Uh, yeah, bro. Yeah, I, I love water. I know, it's like so sick that we have so much. Um, oh my God, this is why I wanted to be on Survivor. I know, it's like, it's the best place to get hydrated. Like we're surrounded by water. It, and you know, it's like, 
if you're thirsty, you can drink it. It's it's just so much better than real life. Um, I just wanted to talk to you about like. Oh, you wanted to talk to me about something. Sorry, I was just thinking no, no, about no, water. No, no, hang in. We have plenty of time. <laughs> so much time, but I just was like. Oh, it's yeah. I'll go back to thinking about water later. It's fine. Yeah, no, yeah, just like carve out some time for yourself. Sit, think about it. Think about how it comes in H two O man three forms. Oh, and there's rice too. I love thinking about rice. Okay, I might be regretting having... Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry, dude. It's just like, yeah, the rice is good. Uh, They give it to us, which is is sweet. Um, I was just thinking like Joe, he's like such a massive threat, you know, like incredible challenges, played before, like super hot. You know what I love too is I love like sand. I just feel like there's not enough yeah. sand in my regular life. No, for for sure. Like the increase of sand is like really awesome. I, mean, uh, I feel like it's in it's in places it's never gonna leave. Like you know how people always say that when they leave the beach, but like <laughs> I I really feel like we've lived here long enough that like sand is like a part of me now. Yeah, no, hilarious. Hilarious point. Like, yeah. And oh, it's also I wasn't, like, it w- I wasn't trying to be funny. Oh, sorry. No, no, for sure. I mean you're like excellent like, point. Great point. I love. You're right. I love sand. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting to. But yeah, sorry. What, what, no, no, sorry, just like. You oh to yeah, say I'm something. getting better at walking on it and like sleeping on it. Um, no, I was just gonna say like, Joe's a massive threat, right? He's so good at challenges. People really like him. He's like really handsome. So I think we should like make sure we play with him, you know, for as long as possible because he's just like, you know, he's really great. And I just that was my whole thing. Sorry, I was I was thinking about something else. Sand? Well, I started thinking about sand, and then it made me think of the ocean again. And then I was thinking about water. And then I was like, man, you know what would be good right now? Some water. <laughs> and yeah. I, just, I, I just kind of lost track of what you were saying. but That's okay. Let's pretend this didn't happen. That sounds like an ending. <laughs> <laughs> and scene! That was fun. I felt like... You're great. After a certain point, I was like, well, I guess this is the game now. I'll just do this. I loved it.